I think God has got a a, a, a timeline. He, he he's he's got his own timing too. Um, and I think um, you know, right through my life, God was at work. He was drawing me to Himself. Um, there's this idea that we we are the ones who are always chasing after God. But I really I truly believe that um, whilst that is true, that um, we can chase after God, but He 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 chases more after us than than we ever will chase after him and also you know i i just think i was always at the center in the center of his kind of um love and 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 commitment and and concern for me hello and welcome to the follower podcast a place for honest conversations about following jesus to the depths of his heart and the ends of the earth I'm your host, Matthew Lewis, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Follow Up Podcast. We've been having some really great conversations and getting some great feedback from you guys as you've been listening to them. Um, this week, we keep going with them, and we are going to be talking about prayer in the Christian life. Uh, and particularly, we're going to be having a conversation with Nkosnati Mbuyazi, who heads up 24-7 Prayer South Africa. And Kosnati, welcome to the Follower Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for making the time. Really glad that you could be here. Um, Kosnati, let's jump straight in. Uh, this little audience of people who listen to this podcast, they, they don't know who you are. Give us a sense of who you are growing up, coming to faith. Uh, yeah, give us an insight into your world. Hey, as you've said, my name is Nkosnati Mbuyazi. I was born in Northern KZN, um, you know, I grew up in Duba Duba and um, another small town called Ulundi. That's where I did um, all of my schooling. Um, uh, I grew up in a Christian home uh, from my great grandfather. He was um, a pastor and uh, a missionary to his own people. My grandfather was uh, a deacon and an elder in the church. My father is a pastor. And so, yeah, so I grew up going to church, attending church conferences and just around the Christian ethos. Um, yeah, as a child growing up, I think I remember making multiple, multiple times making decisions to, to follow Christ, um, but then kind of freaking out and not knowing what I needed to do after that. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't until 1996 as a first year varsity student at um, in Cape Town, at the University of Cape Town, that I kind of recommitted my life to the Lord and uh, my journey kind of started in earnest. I haven't looked back since I've been growing. Um, I got, I got um, to just, yeah, to, to, to get into the right relationships to help me grow as a follower of Christ and, um, and started the journey of um, even sensing um, a desire and a call to be you know, to be in full-time ministry, which um, then happened in 2000 and um, kind of manifested in 2003, 2004. I started my journey working for a church full-time here in Cape Town as a, um, as a campus minister. Uh, this was after three years of working in the mines as a, as a process controller. Um, after doing my, you know, my chemical engineering, uh, you know, studies at uh, at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology, and and so yeah, so so I did a three stint in the works in the workplace, and then and then started um, you know full time ministry as a campus pastor slash campus director for 
for um, at the time it was his people campus ministries it's now every nation campus and yeah i did that for a number of years working with young people um, but then I guess that was kind of the entry way for me into ministry. Um, I've done so many different things within ministry. I've been, like I said, I've been a campus director, pastor. I've been a community pastor for a local congregation. I've um, led kind of, um, uh, you know, overseen services, um, you know, or, or, a or, or a congregation. I've preached, which I enjoy. I've been, I've even been a worship pastor as well um, during that time. So it's kind of like I've done, I've done so many things just, but I think the main thing for me is I love, um, love serving God and I love people. So connecting people to their calling um, and a relationship with God is what I'm passionate about. And then in 2017, I was, um, in fact, 2016, I was introduced by a friend of mine to 24-7 prayer. And um, prayer has been, you know, a very kind of has always been a, a big part of my life. I think many big decisions for me came out of um, a time of prayer. Um, I did not always want to be in full time ministry, but it was during a time of prayer and fasting, personal prayer and fasting that I, you know, started getting kind of the idea and sensing that God was speaking to me about full time ministry. and. Um, and eventually I was convinced that, yes, it was God that was speaking to me. So I needed to take that seriously. So so prayer has always been key and central in my life. Um, and, you know, dating back from things that my mom kind of um, taught me when I was growing up about prayer and uh, her making sure that I was also praying. And so um, when I heard about this movement, um, they kind of spoke the same language as, as myself, because for me, I always found that my prayers always led to action. And it wasn't just praying and, um, and, and just leaving it at that. For me, there was always, um, my life was, had been directed um, through prayer. So when I met 24-7 Prayer, one thing that really excited me was their um, kind of passion around prayer, not just prayer, but prayer, mission, and justice. And, um, and putting all those together. So, um, you know, it just kind of like justice being, you know, um, the heart of God for, for the world today and, um, and, and, and being on a mission that is Christ-centered. So, so, um, so our prayers kind of produce kind of Christ-centered action and that action displays and communicates the heart of God to, to the world around us. And so, yeah, so I kind of, um, I was very excited about that and, and, um, and joined 24-7 Prayer in 2017. After some chats with the leadership within 24-7, they, they were kind of keen to launch in South Africa and at the time looking for someone to help them do that. And, um, and I'd been sensing that my season at the time was coming to an end in terms of um, what I was involved in at the time. And so I thought um, this could be something worthwhile after spending time in prayer for about three months. I felt like this was the right thing to do and um, joined 24-7 Prayer in 2017 and have been uh, with 24-7 Prayer since then, leading 24-7 Prayer South Africa. And that's, yeah, that's, I hope that's a summary enough, but not too long. <laughs> that's great. What a, what a great uh, story. It reminds me uh, when I, I worked in the church for a while and I'm still in ministry, um, but the uh, Donovan Kutsia, who was kind of headed up the Assemblies of God, and which is part of the churches that I was a part of at the time, he would always say, 
if you want a job description, get a job. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. anyone anyone yeah. you speak to who's worked in the church world has has, has inevitably done like a hundred million things. You know, you were just describing yeah. a preacher yeah. here, yeah. worship yeah. leader there. Yeah. And you just kind of end up living this life of, of kind of this eclectic collection of skill sets that you build up over yeah. time, you know, which is so yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. I'm interesting, interested in a couple of things that we could pull on there. Um, mm. You spoke about how growing up as a child, uh, Jesus or Christian faith wasn't foreign to you. You made many commitments, mm. but then sort of coming to uh, UCT, University of Cape Town, or no, you were another university, but in Cape Town, uh, mm. you kind of committed with an earnestness that shifted the trajectory of your life. And I think mm. that's a lot of people's story of this kind mm. of there and thereabouts, but somehow it's not sticking. And then maybe there's this moment which which really brings us into a deeper conviction. I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Like, what is that about, you know? And and for someone who's listening in now going, yeah, Jesus isn't new to me. Uh, I've prayed my prayers and come to the altar and done the things. But uh, at the same time, I don't feel like it's taken traction in my life. What, what thoughts do you have around that, if any? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think God has got a a, a, a timeline. He, he he's he's got his own timing too. Um, and I think um, you know, right through my life, God was at work. He was drawing me to Himself. Um, there's this idea that we we are the ones who are always chasing after God. But I really I truly believe that um, whilst that is true, that um, we can chase after God, but He 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 chases more after us than than we ever will chase after him and so um and also you know i i just think i was always at the center in the center of his kind of um love and 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 commitment and and concern for me and whilst i might have not been fully awake to a relationship with him even in the times i was making many commitments um I think um, his concern for me was definitely there, but something that has to do with timing was just right in 2016, sorry, in 1996, um, as a first year university student. Um, And also just being amongst young people my age who were as passionate, um, if not more passionate than I'd I'd ever seen in my life um, about this, um, you know, about about this Christian living. So it kind of, the, the fire, you know, caught on for me. And I think if there's any difference between what happened to me in 1996 and the times before, that, that would be it. My, the people around me, my friends, yes, my parents were Christians, but their faith was boring to me, you know, because mm-hmm. they were much older and I was, and I was younger. And a lot of the um, friends that I had um, who were my age as a child growing up um, did not have we did not have the exposure to to kind of on fire christianity um you know and so we they, there was no there was no one really encouraging me to to kind of focus and uh, and actually earnestly um follow christ until i got to varsity and i was surrounded by students the same age as me and worshiping eyes shut hands up in the air and i was like what's going on here i want mm-hmm. what they've got Right. And I wondered where they came from, and um, and and then I realized that I I came from you know a, 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 though I grew up I grew up in the church, 
but um, the church that I grew up in didn't have as much of a, a lively focus on young people as some of these young people um, had in, in churches where they grew up. And having all those young people in one room meant that um, I, had no, I had no chance but to be captured as well in what was going on at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love those thoughts around uh, the timing of God. I, I always think of um, uh, Peter in this in this context. You know, like you've got this disciple who's with Jesus, but his following of Jesus is very imperfect. You know, very up and down, and very, you know, you've got the moment where he's got the revelation of the Christ, and then on this rock I build my church, and then the next verses he's get behind me, Satan. You know, and then he's like, I'll never deny you at the meal, but then he's denying Jesus, and then he's on the and. I I take a lot of courage from that because I I feel like I can see myself in Peter a lot of the time and and just the faithfulness of God to work with our journey and all the complexities mm-hmm. of that I think that's that's a real gift and then the other thing that you really touch on there which is so true is uh, is the power and the necessity of community and how we yes. just don't do this thing alone there yeah. there is no yeah. such thing as an individual Christian you know would you agree yeah. with some of yeah. those thoughts there. I hundred percent agree. Um, um, I believe I believe in community. I think one one word that I, I forgot to mention is peer pressure. I think that's probably what kept me away as a as a child growing up. Um, I just wanted to to be you know to be cool to my friends and my friends when you know Jesus was not the center of um, of what of what they are living and so I, I was trying my best to be cool and. Um, What's reflecting reflective in the many commitments that I made is is the guilt that would often arrest me after a while of um, trying to be cool with my friends because there was this commitment within that I was not communicating to my friends, but peer pressure. But that speaks of community. Once we are within a community that celebrates the same values as the ones that you are that you are passionate about or that you are hungry for then all of a sudden you find yourself thriving. So community is key. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know about you, but as I experienced my life stage shifting, um, there was a time when I received the gift of those communities that had been uh, cultivated or, or established for me. And I'm realizing now as I get a little bit older and have less hair, uh, that, that some of the responsibility now moves to me to establish those communities for others. You know, it's kind of like this, there's, there's this generational mandate that moves is that I came into it very young and, uh, just so grateful for the gift of that that community that celebrates, and I'm yeah. I'm learning now that actually that baton. The other day I was chatting with friends and said, you know, there was a time when something would happen and you would look around the room for the adults, and let the adults would be the ones who would resolve what whatever whatever was going on. Yeah. But now yeah. you're at a stage in life when you look around the room and you are the adults. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I think I think yeah. there's something in that around our role in this family of God around cultivating mm-hmm. communities for younger people to come into yeah. and have that same yeah. experience you've described your, your thoughts on that, your experience of that. That is so true. I mean, we, uh, as a family, I, I've got a, I've got a 16 year old um, daughter and a 13 year old and a 10 year old. Um, 
we found we found that a lot of what we do now is so centered around creating community for for them as as the younger people and i'm so aware of that both my wife and i are aware of that because we kind of have those similar stories of growing up as, as the one that i've just shared my wife and i and so we we are so um aware of creating community for them whilst they are young and as early as possible for them, giving them those opportunities we didn't have in, in our younger age to the point where we even kind of, um, you know, two years ago decided to start visiting other churches to find churches where um, the kids could connect. It wasn't just about us, you know. Um, up until that stage two years ago, we were actually, we, we, we were in a process, we, we, we were two and a half years into a process of planting a church. Um, in an area that we're really, really passionate about and we felt called to that area. But um, our kids, as they were growing up and, uh, you know, during that season in our lives, we saw them kind of disconnecting as well because they were not really enjoying um, what we felt so passionate about. They didn't understand it and they didn't have friends around them during that time. And so we made the hard decision to say, again, coming back to God's timing, to say, okay, this is something that God has called us to but maybe it's time is not now. Right now is for us yeah. to focus on our kids and try to help them with that community around them. And um, and so we started visiting churches and the church that we are part of now, which is now our home church. We've been there for just over a year. How we knew that um, it was it was the right place. It was when the kids just immediately um, connected, and we and and it's also a church that prioritizes young people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'm interested in your prayer journey as well. You spoke about what did you say? Your mom or your or your gran taught you to pray? My my mom. Your mom. mom. Hey, hey man, yeah. thank God yeah. for moms. Hey, moms. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, praying yeah. moms are like the backbone of the church. What a thing. Um, yeah. So she she taught you to pray from a young age. Um, yes. But now you're in this place where you're heading up a prayer movement in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering yeah. about your prayer journey over that time. Uh, as you understood prayer growing up in your context as a, as a young young boy to now, what's shifted, what's changed, what's developed, what have you kept, what have you left? Tell us a little mm. bit about prayer and your journey with it. Mm. Yeah, so so I think at, at the beginning, I used to watch my mom pray, and she, you know, she she made, she always made sure we prayed every day. Um, at the end of the day, every day we had family prayers. Um, and I would pray, I mean, I would pray under duress. <laughs> that was the beginning of my prayer life. <laughs> it was it was under duress. I didn't I didn't have anything to say to God. In fact, it felt weird speaking kind of in, you know, into 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 the air in a way, because yeah. you're speaking you're speaking to a God you can't see. Yeah. Um and um I, and it was under duress because my mom was, you know, expected me to to have something to say. And so I would kind of conjure up some some words, you know, one or two words, um, and um, and that would be it. And she just wanted me to say something. And of course, then we would end up with the Lord's prayer every every night. So the Lord's prayer was also key. I, I knew it off by heart from from a young age. But I would um, observe it. She would then go on from there um, to go to her room. Somehow, I can't remember this. You know, memories are foggy. I'm now in my just tipped over 45 I'm 46 hey so not looking a day over 20 yeah come on (laughs) so my memories are foggy but I don't know how it would happen I think I used to 
I used to make a tea or something, but somehow I would walk into my parents' room and my mom would always have fallen asleep with her glasses still on and the Bible on her chest and she would have been praying. And sometimes she would be sleeping and her mouth would still be mumbling something and she would have drifted off to sleep, you know, in in, in her bed. Mm. Um, And I would switch off the lights for her you know, and, and I'd go to bed. But um, that, that picture stayed with me, just my mom falling asleep with the Bible on her chest, still glasses on and, um, and mumbling something um, in, you know, sometimes in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they passed out a church that was far from home. So sometimes my dad would go, w- w- would go um, kind of, um, would be away for a week um, at a time on his own. And sometimes they'll be gone um, together. So that's how, um, that's how I would have these moments where it was just mom uh, at home. But yeah, so it, um, so she, so at the beginning, it was just praying the Lord's Prayer um, and, you know, mumbling whatever other one or two words um, from her own heart and watching my mom, though, watching this lifestyle of, of prayer. But then, um, and also praying when I was in crisis. Um, she, you know, she would make sure that when I needed something, especially when I was now um, in metric, which is, um, you know, today's grade 12, finishing up school. And I was um, sending out applications to universities and applying for um, funding for, you know, for universities because we didn't have um, the money to take for me to pay for university studies. Um, she, you know, she, I remember her, you know, making sure that I was praying mm-hmm. um, before writing every letter I was writing and before posting it, I was praying, thinking of what my mom, you know, would have, would have told me um, to do. And um, and and how it's transformed over the years, um, you know, it became more. And right now, what I'm actually really, really passionate about is, is the you know, at the beginning, the more I grew in prayer, was the more I grew in the amount of words that um I would say when I was right. praying. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for me, prayer was just about time spent in in just speaking to God, and I really was enjoying that. I remember really enjoying all night prayers, prayer meetings, and all that. But during those times, there was not enough time actually to just to stop and and listen and be in silence and still consider that prayer. You know, a lot of the the prayer culture I grew up in was we speak to God, and um and I don't think we are aware that He also wants to speak to us in prayer. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so all of a sudden I, I started learning, especially when I joined 24-7 prayer, I didn't know that actually they, there are actually different categories of prayer. I just was doing what came naturally to me because I, I was not also, though I grew up in a Christian home, I was not exposed to different, you know, traditions of Christianity yeah. and 24-7 prayer is a movement that serves different traditions um, you know, of, um, of, 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 of churches and, uh, I mean, Anglicans, we've got Anglicans, we've got, we've got Methodists, we've got, we've got, um, you know, Catholics, we've got, you know, Pentecostals, we've got Charismatics, we've got, we've, we've got also people who are, who are, whom we are serving in, in how to pray. So all of a sudden I realized, oh, there's actually a whole category of prayer that is contemplative prayer. Mm. Um, you know, there's a, you know, you can, you know, you can actually be, you can be in silence and be, and be praying. You can be, you can be, um, which is something that I really, really love doing is being in nature and um, living in Cape Town affords me that. Sure. And, um, 
and I had no I had no category to categorize what happened to me when I go for a run in in the forest. But mm. but actually, you can be in nature, and 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 God speaks to you through nature, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes a beautiful kind of prayer, um, you know, prayer time for for an individual. So so my prayer has kind of stretched, and um, and it's more it's more than just words that I throw at God, but it's also God giving God, you know, space to speak to me. What I'm hearing you say uh, is, tell me, tell me if this is what you're saying. When you were younger, beautiful examples. I think that's one thing I really want to not miss is the power of the example of a lived life of faith. Yes. You know, often yes. I'll, I'll sit with people who are parents of young children and they'll talk about how, and they really want to raise their young people up in the Lord, but they're not sure mm. what to say or what to do. And I think my conviction is often, particularly with young people, but really with all people, the most yeah. powerful and potent witness is the substance of your lived life. You know, I'm yes. sure if I had to ask you, what are the lessons your mom taught you about prayer? You wouldn't necessarily be able to tell me, but you can remember yeah. that image of her falling asleep in her bed, praying yeah. every night. And that's just yeah. powerful. And so I would I just say to anyone listening, particularly if you have young children, is like live your faith in public. Live your faith mm. in the sight of your children. Let them see you loving God, yes. praying, reading yes. your Bible. Those kinds of images when they're young will really mark them and set trajectories. Um, yeah. Then the other thing I'm hearing you say is, is that your prayer, understanding of prayer has expanded over the years. So, yeah. you know, although although nothing wrong with your sort of, in your younger years, this idea of speaking to God and words and passion, but over the time you've developed more categories to understand what this prayer life is and almost finding God mm. in places where, you hadn't expected to find it before in nature. Would those two things yes. uh, resonate with what you're saying? Yeah, no, that is that is so so true. Um, yeah, it's so so powerful. Um, in fact, as we are speaking now, I'm trying to find. Okay, here's a poem I've, I've written about my mom, and um, just the example in prayer that um, that she's been to me or she was to me growing up. And by the way, my dream is still to have an opportunity to read this poem within the room. I haven't had that yet. So, so you could be praying that one of these days I'll be up on stage talking to a large number of people and she'll be there and I'll start with reading this poem. Mm, beautiful. Waking up, growing up, seeing my mother praying, begging, inviting, commanding, encouraging, praying. Moving on, trusting God, living in, living out, praying. Darkness, fear, hunger, emptiness, lack, despair, desperation, nothingness, failure, disappointment, always praying. Rising sun, shining sun, setting sun, ending day, tea made, Glasses on, Bible open, eyes shut, dreaming, dreaming, my mother praying. Darkness, fear, hunger, 
emptiness, lack, despair, desperation, nothingness, failure, disappointment, always praying. Rising sun, shining sun, setting sun, ending day, tea made, glasses on, Bible open, eyes shut, dreaming, dreaming, my mother praying. What I love about that poem is how it um, stretches prayer over all of life. Yeah. I love that. And it's basically what I what I witnessed through her. Mm. Yeah. Which is such a good segue, actually, into our, our sort of final thought I'd love to unpack a bit is uh, in the Christian life, prayer is so important. Mm. <laughs> and yet it's the yeah. thing we often get around to last, if at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'm wondering your thoughts on that. What what are we missing as as followers of Jesus? Why do we? So this beautiful thing you've described that you've seen in your mom that's been so central in your life. Mm-hmm. Why do we tend to I don't know put it on the back shelf if we ever get around to it? What, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. My honest answer is I, I don't know why we do that really because when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus prayed. You know, and he prayed a lot. And the Bible says, I mean, it was re- it's written about him that it was customary for him to pray. And um, if you understand things that are customary to any culture, you know, they, those things are quite repetitive. Those things are key. Those things are, are never to be messed with. They're really part and central um, of, of the way of living for that particular culture. So it was customary for, for Jesus to, to pray. Um, and and then he taught his disciples to pray, um, thereby teaching us um, how to pray. Uh, and so I don't know really why we we minimize prayer so much. I think this is this is what I often say when I'm asked this question. You know, there's um there's this thing that I've, I've found when, when I reflect upon my own prayer life, because I've had, if I were to draw prayer for me as in a graph, it would be, you know, it would go up and down like that. You know, there are times where I was really, really praying and then I wasn't praying and then I was really praying and then I wasn't praying. Um, what would actually cause me to dial down in terms of my, my prayer life was because, um, you know, God begins invading your prayers. When you start praying, <laughs> there comes a time where God begins to invade your prayers, you know, by the Spirit and start um, nudging you and speaking to you about things that um, He would have you do for Him, which is the action that's involved in prayer. And some of it is exciting, but some of it is overwhelming. Yeah. And um, and I guess we get overwhelmed by 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 some of the invasion, God invasion, and then we dial down in prayer. And especially as Christian leaders, I think it's much, much easier and sec- much more secure to have a planned vision and mission and mission for, for your organization. Um, and when you spend too much time in prayer, then you need to hold your plans um, quite lightly yeah. and follow and follow the spirit. And, and that's hard. 
that's yeah. that's too uncertain for most people. And so we end up not really prioritizing prayer because of what happens when we when we pray. Mm. So that's those are my personal thoughts. But um, but it just it also baffles me because I feel like we should be prioritizing prayer because um, Jesus prioritized prayer and Jesus is is our example. Yeah, I, I so I definitely I think some of those things. Twenty four seven's got this beautiful phrase that I really enjoy. It says, "Go where your best prayers take you." Yes, yeah. yes. Love yes. that, yeah. love that. Yeah. But again, like mm. you say, some of the challenge of that is, hey man, no, sometimes we'll be praying and God, we want to just like put God on yeah. on silent there. Like we didn't hear that. Yeah. We didn't hear that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes your best yeah. prayers will Definitely. take you to places you, you'd rather not go. You don't, you'd rather not go, yeah. big challenges for now, for us now is how do we get young more and more young people engaging in prayer because um you know prayer can be this um you know we, we, we when we look at our stats as 24/7 prayer south africa on facebook and on instagram we realize that most people that engage with our content are from the ages of 35 up yeah. you know um yeah in, instagram is slightly younger it's kind of like you know, late twenties to to maybe early forties, but Facebook definitely thirty five all the way to fifties. And but the thing is, you know, what happens, you know, below below thirty, and um and that's 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 where that's where that's where we we we, we want to be. That's where we want to try get people. But but I feel like there's so much competing for the attention of those guys, especially in in the western in the western um setup i mean i think if i was if i was under 30 and i was growing up in new york i don't know man i, I don't know with with all that buzz and you know and hustle and um and just lights and everything there's just there's just so much that um competing for my attention that's um it 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 makes it almost difficult to say hey come let's retreat together Let's come out of away from all this and let's um, sit um, in silence for a little bit and and pray, you know. Yeah, mm, yeah. I think I think there's so many elements to that. I mean, the one thing I was listening to a Karen Newoff podcast actually around this, really interesting, and how social media is generationally uh, segregated. So basically, if you are wanting to hit uh, a younger generation under thirty, you've got to go to TikTok. Because <laughs> that's because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. they are, yeah. So so yeah, it, it yeah. was so fascinating. The gen the the age brackets you were describing are so mm. true to the research that's mm. been done around who is using yeah. what, and so yes, for yeah. millennials, that's where inst that's Instagram, which is the age you're mm. you're, you're describing there, yeah, and then for yeah. anyone older than that, it's pretty much Facebook, yeah. which is the generation Facebook, you're describing. Yes. There. Yeah. So yeah. if you want the younger generation, you got to hit yeah. TikTok. And you got to be there because that's where they are. That's where they're all kind of hanging out together, you know. Which and, is... <laughs> and for me, that that's stretching for me. <laughs> no, totally, dude. I, I don't have TikTok because I'm just trying yeah. to look after my soul with Instagram. You know, it's too yeah, much. You know. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing I would say, which is interesting, is I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of renewal and energy um, in particularly the younger generation, Gen Z. Mm 
mm. around faith. I think that mm. looks different. It's been interesting mm. to see the the tone and the nature of that. It's much more mm. raw, stripped down than yeah. some of the stuff we would have grown up with. Mm. Um, but I do think it's remnant stuff. You know, I think mm. uh, I think God is building for Himself a remnant, and so mm. it might not be the vast majority of young people, but the young people who mm. are are in are on fire. They are like burning, mm. you know. Mm. Um, in terms of some of the things you were describing, like contemplative prayer and these kinds of things, I've been wondering just to myself, uh, how much of that is just developmental? So if you think around stage, mm. stage theory and the development of the soul, you know, without being uh, condescending to young people, mm. is, is, a, is a 20-year-old uh, just at a developmental journey are they too mm. young to fully enter into um, some of the contemplative streams? Is there is and it's really a question. I don't have an answer for it. But is there something mm. that develops over time, where as yeah. you get older, you kind of, by virtue of your life, you hit a wall where you need something deeper, and so mm -hmm. then it makes sense that typically as you get a little bit older, you start exploring these formational concepts, you know, contemplative prayer and the like. I don't know. Uh, those are just questions. No. I I think you've got a point. You've got a point there. I mean, um, I guess prayer is like running a marathon. I mean, you don't find young people running long distance, um, you know, running marathons. Um, they young young people tend to do shorter distances, but actually, in terms of their physique and physiology, how their bodies are made up and all that, they they would actually they'll be great long distance runners, but they mm -hmm. just have not develop that um, um endurance yet um and and it's really mainly based on interest they just don't have the interest to be to be doing that long that long run because it can be quite boring it's quite mono, mo monotonous so and i say that because i am a runner so um people often develop in their thirties to to actually begin liking um marathon running but then it's a little bit harder to go as fast as you'd go in your twenties, um, especially in your forties. So most most marathons, the biggest crowd is in their forties, because that's when you develop the endurance um, properly. So I guess yeah, it's also developmental when it comes to prayer. I think you are right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So so then then it means it behoves us to then figure out how do we how do we give them those small kind of snippets. I guess that's what TikTok does. Give them, totally. give them the small snippets um, that grab their attention, um, you know, as short as their attention span is, but get them to engage and then, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where 24-7 prayer with your models of prayer rooms is actually mm. so well positioned. The way mm. you set up mm. these creative spaces of prayer that are engaging yes, yes, yeah. and you can move from station to station and pray in different yeah. ways. I yeah. think that that fits really well in the paradigm of a young person who has an yeah. attention span of a, of a TikTok reel because they're able yeah. to move and engage in different ways. So I, I think you, I think there's the tools there. Um, mm. It's just, uh, and again, I don't have an answer for it. Is it, I don't want to just say no contemplative prayer is only for old people. I don't, that doesn't feel mm. right to mm. me, but yeah. I do yeah. feel like there's an, maybe there's an angle where we've got mm. to introduce contemplative prayer in a way that connects with young people. 
Um, and how yes. do we do, how do we do yeah. that? You know, how do we, uh, yeah, my so. friend, uh, Charlie Kang, if you're listening to this, he's, he's actually at Waverly yeah. Abbey, part of 24 seven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. we've been talking every now and then we'll have a chat around what it means to decode spiritual formation for a younger generation, you know? Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, how do we drop mm. the lingo maybe? And maybe they don't need to know about mm. St. Benedict and all these different guys as wonderful yes. as all that is. Yeah. How do we yeah. just communicate it in simple English, but still give them mm. the sort of the chariz- charism or the spirit of it and help them yeah. enter into that, you know? So maybe something yeah. similar, similarly true with prayer. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that you're now speaking to, you know, why we need people giving their lives to working, doing the kind of work that I do, because that's what we um, always engaged in. In fact, at the moment, we, we designing a, um, a, uh, an advert that you're going to put out for, for a youth person for 24-7 South Africa, because we feel like we need someone um, full-time who can help us have these conversations and figure out how do we, um, how did you put it, decode prayer for young people. Mm. It's, it's so key, yeah. Amazing. So if you're listening to this, mm. look out for that advert. If that's you and you're burning, yeah. this conversation's moving your heart, then just look out for that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is where I give, you, I give you my number and email address. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Look Amen. out for the advert on our, on our yeah, website and social media. <laughs> yes. So so that let's land the plane there. Where can people yeah. find all the things about 24-7 yeah. prayer? We've got a website. We've got a website, um, you know, 24-7prayerafrica.com. Okay. Uh, and, um, and there you can find um, information about us. You can sign up to our newsletter. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. I think we are 24-7prayer-south-africa, both on Instagram and, um, and on, on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're struggling... Um, even the 24-7 prayer, just 24-7 prayer um, on on uh, 24-7 prayer on Instagram, then uh, you, you you will eventually find 24-7 prayer SA as well, which is South Africa. So great. Yeah. And you were telling me a little bit about your campaign this year. You want to try and get 50 churches mm-hmm. signed up to have yeah. to cover the whole year in prayer. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we asked ourselves at the end of last year, what if we could fill up the whole year with prayer? And the year has got 52 um, weeks. And so our dream is to get 52 churches signing up for a week of prayer each. And um, and that will be, you know, each each church taking up a week of 24-7 prayer where you either have a prayer space within your church or you are doing it online. People are praying from their homes or maybe as a life group, as a small group within your church, you decide we want to take up a week of prayer and, um, and, and we've got, um, we will help you as 24-7 prayer with some of the resources. We've created some prayer guides and some prayer themes for you and you can sign up your, 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 your prayer week um, on, on our website and it will give you kind of time slots where people can sign up and you can basically manage it well to know who's praying when, even at 1 a.m. in the morning or at midnight or things like that. But we need 52 churches, individuals, organizations, small groups, life groups um, of churches taking up a week of prayer, 52 of them taking up a week of prayer. And um, and that will be the whole year covered in prayer, nonstop prayer um, for South Africa. So that's um, that's what we're trusting God for. Um, we've 
you know, we, we, we've had a, a fair number of um, the first few weeks of this year already covered in prayer, um, but we still need to bet down, a, um, you know, a, a whole lot more for the rest yeah. of the year. Amazing. So if you guys, uh, if that stirs you in your community, get, get connected and sign up to pray. Of course, yeah. Nati, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate uh, you making the space to be on the podcast with us. It's a pleasure, Matthew. It's been, it's been good chatting to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And everybody else, we'll see you on the next episode of The Follower Podcast. That's all for this episode of The Follower Podcast. If you found this helpful, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review on the podcast. It, it helps us get these conversations in other people's ears. You can also give a once-off donation or ongoing monthly support to make more conversations like this possible by visiting www.wearefollower.com. Until next time, friends, may you follow Jesus to the depths of his heart and to the ends of the earth.